Welcome back to Notes from the Road. In this fifth episode of season two, I sat down with my new Nashville neighbor, Mimi Naja, over coffee for a lovely pre-quarantine chat. We spoke about her band Fruition's newest companion albums, Busking in Portland, and how a chance encounter performing on the street at South by Southwest helped to kickstart their career. Grab a cup of coffee and vibe out. This is Notes from the Road with Mimi Naja. Welcome to Notes from the Road. Excited to have you here Thank today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. A new Nashvilleian. Yes, that's correct. It seems like that's how I get a lot of people to come and sit down with me. There are all these uh, amazing musicians and touring people who now have found their way to Nashville. Well, well, you know, when it was uh, proposed and I saw the address, it was like, he can meet you too. And I'm like, no, I want to just walk over just for the mere fact that I can walk here. I, I love that. <laughs> I think you're the first one to walk over. So Excellent. we're true neighbors here yeah, in East I love Nashville. That. I love it. Um, so how did you, two things that we, we already talked about this a little bit off mic, but, um, you were in Portland for a pretty long time, but where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Atlanta. I grew up in kind of the burbs and, uh, went to a very nice high school in town there. And, uh, that prompted me, uh, kind of, kind of fed me into getting into a nice liberal arts college, which was Lewis and Clark College out in Portland. So uh, that's, that's how I made that massive move across country. Got it. Um, and yeah, I didn't stay in school for too long and, uh, you know, started started jamming out there. And and so how did you come? Because I feel like you play a bunch of instruments too at this point, don't you? I do. I've been dabbling in instruments for a while. I uh, I started piano lessons when I was four years old. And got an acoustic guitar and started guitar lessons when I was eight years old. And then uh, slowly just started picking up whatever I could from there in my teens and 20s. And I think, yeah, I got my first mandolin when I was 17, maybe. It was like an ovation, like a plastic back thing. Um, so I wasn't really uh, shredding bluegrass or anything like that for a while. But, but. The, but the start and the foundation. I mean, I they're the thing that I wish in life, and I have amazing parents who I I played in like fifth grade, played the saxophone in like the school band, and I hit a point where I was like, I'm over this, and my mom's like, you're gonna you're gonna finish this year. Yeah, I wish she would have made me play piano instead. Yeah. I feel like just a, what a rudimental foundation for music. For it seems sure. like most people that have learned that they can almost play it because they hear it or they've learned how to hear it from an early age. And yeah. it's a thing where I realized early I was not as musically inclined that I've found other ways into the music, the touring side of music and music. But um, I wish I had a better foundation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, so, that's a little tidbit that mm-hmm. I, that I find myself sharing quite often is that, you know, I took lessons from four to 13 years old, you know, once a week, an hour long, doing recitals and stuff. And there I am hitting 13 and, you know, just, I have this theory that everyone's an asshole when they're 13, you know, it's just yeah. like, you still want the perks of being a kid, but you also think you know everything and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just being social at that age is extremely challenging so and terrifying. Challenging. Yes, absolutely. So I'm like all moody and attitude and I'm like, 
I'm tired of lessons. I don't want to do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Just a little grouch. And my mom's like, you know, do what you want, but you're going to regret this. And I'm like, I don't care, mom. I don't want to do this. And sure as shit, like, you know, years down the line, I'm like, mom was right again. Like, I, the foundation of piano is just the strongest thing sure. that but, I have. I'm lucky to have what I have, but yeah. imagine if I'd stayed with it, you know? I think about that all the time. and But also that realization is I, I've had so much, as I've moved into my 30s, the like, they were so right. Why was I being so, so naive and such an idiot to, yes. you know, and and then you hit your twenties and you think, you know, you know, like you say 13 and then like, let's call it 23, 10 years yeah. after that. And you think, you know, everything at that point. Yeah. There's a whole new onion layer of, I think I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and you don't at all. And now I'm just, now I'm in my thirties and peeling them back and admitting all of the things I don't know. I hope this continues on like this. <laughs> same, same. And also maybe listening to your, our parents a little bit more when we can. For and, sure. And trusting that that was right all along instead of knowing, you know, you think you're the right, you, you think you're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So college in Portland. Yeah. And then how do we find, find our way into like fruition or playing? I, the, the biggest thing I saw in sort of looking at at fruition and listening is it seems like busking yeah was a big part of the earliest days it and, was and i like i love that because that term just feels so universal yeah you know like a that that term is used worldwide for people who are playing on the street and entertaining and, ho- and hoping for bigger things but also just like they're out there day in and day out with their guitar case open and just you know singing yeah. for the people yeah, it's it's absolutely fundamental to who I am as a musician and as a person and and uh and extremely foundational to what fruition has done. Um yeah, it was it makes sense. It was like kind of a natural progression like I said like I used college to get out there and you know, picture like the quintessential like uh, you know, hippies smoking weed, doing psychedelic drugs, like jamming on the quad, like playing guitars and djembes and and throwing frisbees and shit. You know, it's like that. I I had all that going on, and then you know, as I uh, ventured away from actual schooling itself, that just kind of moves to the sidewalk. You just you know, you're gonna be jamming anyway. Just pop your case open and see what see what people throw in there and see who you meet and see what sort of business cards get dropped in or who's like, Oh, you can, you should play at my bar, you know? And, um, yeah, busking was extremely foundational to our band. Um, that was just like prime living in the moment. Like we're broke, but we like didn't really need money. We like set out for the day and, played songs and belted them all day long. We got given food and beer and money and places to stay when we're traveling around. And uh, we were just like living in the moment, you know? Yeah. We had all we needed. Which is, I mean, what more do we need? Like, I'm happy to have this house that we're in right now, but also, yeah, like what does a 20 year old need more than all those things you just described? Yeah. Yeah. We like, we like shared a really cheap house. Like we had a roof over our heads, but it's just like, all we wanted was to sing and meet people and party anyway. So we, we got it all. The street took care of us. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I think a great, 
um, sort of way to learn to perform, whether people are totally in or out. You know, you're just on the street yeah. and people might listen and stop and hear you, but that can build, like, if, once you finally have the opportunity to be on stage, you know, yeah. you're not always playing for your crowd. Right. So the ability to, like, be with your friends and just in that world and entertain, and, you know, you might capture more people by being able to just not psych yourselves out being like, oh, there's 10 people out there. Yeah. You know, when you finally play a show, a proper show, it's like, you're just playing, playing yeah. to play. Yeah, definitely got those those confidence roots in there and like trained me how to, how I, how I currently sing. Mm-hmm. It's so informed by like, you know, there were definitely days when like, we're belting as hard as we can because we want to draw attention because we need a few dollars, you know? And it totally informed the way I sing now. You know, I really, I really project hard. Do you guys And uh, busking taught me how and why to do that, you know? Yeah. I'm not a a gentle, (laughs) not a gentle singer. Do you have moments in the, the, the live shows now where you kind of go off mic and do it like true sort of like acoustic? version of things like we do or like a, a small in the round style mic scenario um yeah we have we've been doing that on this last tour um i think there are more tunes that that can show up this way but we've been doing the last track off our latest record um the song's called at the end of the day and we just we just uh encore and get up like off the mics completely not mm-hmm. even like a condenser or anything and mm-hmm. just get up to the edge of the stage and ask everyone to listen up and do our little three-part harmony thing with one guitar and it really carries that's so cool magic moments yeah i love those especially here in nashville have you guys gotten a chance to play at the ryman yet no we have not played at the that ryman. would be the perfect place for something like that it's just like the every church yeah it's, in the, it's just the way it all echoes off the roof and like yeah it's it's got a, a great for now it's got a great sound system that they've improved but like seeing shows where people just take a chance on that. It's such an yeah. experience. So I hope you guys get that. I'm sure you will. I hope so too. Yeah. Now, that, now that you're here, you should just like be elbowing uh, for it. I'll be, I'll be extremely patient on that one, um, but I hope so too. To jump into that, cause you just brought up the most recent records. You have a two parter, a sort of like a collaborative effort of, of albums, a little shorter form than a traditional, like 12 to 15 track, like long full length. Yeah. Um, cool concept though yeah thank you even down to the I, w- I was looking at the artwork this morning um just down to that i love it it's like the the like shared form of like a true night and day version of that same experience city viewpoint yeah um it's really cool thank you yeah um we were kind of trying to to marry a lot of concepts in like that we love vinyl and we love kicking it old school and um we're also like trying to keep up with this modern day and age of of um really fast paced and like short attention span type mm-hmm. of stuff and this seemed to be a great way to do that you know um, cuz we were able to put the one side of the vinyl out first wild as the night put it out in november and then we're like uh, you know the the hardcore fans are like why is it so short and then a couple months later we're like surprise here's why and uh, it's so that it so that they could fit on either side of mm-hmm. the same vinyl. Sure, so, really cool. Yeah, but also what a great way to you did this modern take on. I feel like everything's rocket speed lately. Yeah. But you did your own version of that. You know? Yeah, and and I think 
catching people off guard with like that, like you just said, like the surprise moment, like mm-hmm. they must love that because it's, you know, and I've heard it described by other musicians as like giving people little bits. Now they can absorb a smaller bit and then love it and, and live in it versus you gave them this long. Yeah. You know, now with, with the digital age, you could go, I said 12 to 15, it could be a 20 track album because it doesn't, there's no constraints. Right. Anymore. Totally. But so keeping it down to like, we wanted this to fit on a, you know, a traditional piece of media, i.e. a vinyl record, like we have no choice, but we can also spread that out over to experiences and Yeah. Yeah. It's good for it's good for the fan attention span. And it's it's also really satisfying for us creating it because um the length of time to make like a full length album and then the mixing time, and then the artwork time, and then the getting the press together time. Like, uh, there, there's moments where you can already be kind of played out on the cool shit you just made before the people even hear it. Sure, you know. And uh, so this way, this way, we uh, all get to still enjoy it. <laughs> right. It's like you so know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you're you're dropping new music on people, and you've been able to hold that second half back until it's. It's time. Yeah, I don't want to be played out on cool stuff that we made by the time we start playing it live. Mm-hmm. You know, that can happen mm-hmm. sometimes with like 13 track records. Sure. You're like antsy to get them out there, and then you've heard them 3,000 times right, well, before you heard, you heard before you've even performed and, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a yeah. trip. Um, so. so, jumping back just quickly to from the busking point to how did, how did you guys wind up sort of in a van and touring and booking shows and, and find your way to sort of like a more traditional route of, of being on the road and touring? Um, we, we started just, uh, getting in, um, Kellen Ace Brooks Ford Explorer. Uh, at the time we were, we were still a string band. So we're like piled into a Ford Explorer with an upright bass. Um, and, uh, we went down the California coast and um, started what we call detours. So we would have a few actual gigs at little bars here and there mm-hmm. or house parties or something. And then we would just busk every day in between. You know, we would have like maybe five actual shows booked for like a 30-day run and just play and see what happened. And um, we carried that on to South by Southwest one year where we were a part of, it was a legit showcase. It was like a smaller coffee shop thing, but you know, that's another thing. We have one real gig and we're there for five days. Mm -hmm. So we're just milking and that's just, that's a great busking situation. Once once upon a time it was at least. It's a little bit hectic now, but. Very commercial now. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunate to say, but yeah, but what a, that's, you're ending up in a city, you know, you're going to perform, but then there's also thousands of people just on the streets for hours and hours and hours. folks Mm -hmm. walking by. Mm -hmm. So we're like milking that time for all it's worth. It was the last night. It was cold and rainy. It's like Sunday night and just like the streets are cleared out, but we're like, let's just, Give it one more go, and uh, and here comes this this guy with his arms folded, wearing a badge, and stops and checks us out, and and it was uh, Josh Nakotra from Brushfire Records. He's the GM over there, and uh, he really believed in us and dropped his card, and we were his um, his passion project for many years, and 
and uh, he's gotten us this trajectory that we're currently on, and he's our manager and best bud to this day. So it happens like that. <laughs> I, I love those type of stories, which I think are rare. Yeah. But it just shows when there's a talented thing out there in the world and you guys are pursuing it and you're not just letting it go, the world go by. You're trying to make your own stake in it. Yeah. It can pay off. For and, sure. Um, so then from there, is that like the proper, do you guys have an agent now as well? We do, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and was that this? And it's of, been this way for several years. Yeah. But yeah, Josh definitely played into us learning just learning how this industry works because, mm-hmm. you know, we've always wanted to perform. We always wanted real gigs. We always wanted to do music, but we were all fairly clueless as to how that actually works. Sure. You know, we, you know, I think we still, this is like a whole other topic that could easily, easily tangent, but just, uh, the, like the fact that in this day and age, especially like, Record record companies aren't gonna like. It's not like it used to be. You're not just like, oh, you you got the music, like we'll take care of you. Just just do your thing, and you you have to be a business person these days now too. And right, you're still um, advocating for yourselves, right? Yeah. And but but you yeah, you need to learn the ins and outs because the 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 record label industry is not gonna take care of you anymore. You know. Um, so yeah, we just, we, we started learning a lot from Josh and, uh, we're still learning how this all works. And as the industry changes, we have to change. Which is, but as long as you're open and willing to do that, that's, I think the important part, because I feel like in the last decade or so, there's been a lot of change and a lot of unwilling people. And then things change now, like snap your fingers and they're, it's different. So it's true. I think the adaptability and the fact that your focus from the start seemed to be live performance. Absolutely. So like that's where everybody's always going to engage with you and, you know, having a someone believe in you and having the ability to put a record out, you're still out there forefront and just you now have the you now have something you can hand somebody at the end of a show or now it's digital, but vinyl, sure. which I collect too and I think as kind of resurged more, even more so more recently and it's cool to see that people still want to hold something physically in their hands and, for sure and know that that supports the artist directly yeah that's what i was gonna say is mm-hmm. like that's that's the thing is like what where where we are on the on the scale of you know success however you want to measure that is definitely like we need people buying but not not just vinyl but like whatever t-shirts and hats and koozies like that like that helps us so much more obviously than like spotify plays or sure but even like a a hard ticket like right if you buy a 25 dollar vinyl like you are supporting us immensely in a, in a multitude of ways yeah for yeah. sure um I guess I haven't really touched on this much yet, but when for you as fruition, did you realize how important merchandise was? Cause I feel like there are some artists that that's their thing. They, from day one, they understood like, this is how we can really, you know, like capitalize on keeping us afloat. You know, when you're, you don't have a huge label support and a, a big flow of things like yeah. selling 15 t-shirts and 10 vinyls and, some koozies in a night that's like getting you through the week of shows for you know, sure like and and keeping the train on the tracks yeah if you will. i mean i guess we you know 
we became aware of that, um, you know, several years ago. Opening when we were when we were the opening slot for bigger bands that mm-hmm. had their system dialed in and have have sweet gear on the table and like whether or not we like learn a final number of what they're pulling in a night. Like we see we see the line at the merch table. We see people like like oh like I've seen these fans. Um, buying stuff before, but this is a whole new line of merch with the new style and they're buying every piece and we're like, whoa, <laughs> okay, this is something we got to get hip with. Um, it's it's kind of taking some time for our table to dial in, but it's looking real good these days. Yeah, because that's sort of my background like in the more recent years is is a mixture of sort of back of house like production coordination and then merchandise. Cool. And it's such an, it can be such an untapped thing. And then once you're in as an artist and then your fans know that they're going to get something unique almost every time yeah. know, they're coming through or there's, you know, so many artists that like have, have these limited versions of things. So like in the vinyl case, like some kind of fun color or yeah. you only made X amount of, of a thing. It yeah. Just limited like, runs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this just made me think of something great. Uh, we've had this idea for years that we haven't haven't capitalized on yet. Let me know what you think of it. Okay. Uh, what do you think of fruition condoms that say "Come to fruition" on? That's pretty good, right? You think they'll sell? It's pretty funny. <laughs> do you have a crowd for that though? Do you have I, a crowd I don't, that loves I, that kind of. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with the. Uh, that would be a. Good, that's a good like corporate spawn. Like not to take it to the twentieth <laughs> degree here, but like. You could get a that could be like a fun corporate sponsored thing. Bring know. it on. You know, Come like get fruition. lifestyles out there or Trojan out there <laughs> Let's doing go. brand brand ambassador work on <laughs> uh, your shows. <laughs> Come to fruition. Uh, um so uh w- traveling now, sort of like for passion and for, you know, work, et cetera. Uh, where, where's the like furthest from home that you've been so far? Furthest from home? Um, let's see. It's probably, probably tied for first place would be Alaska. And, uh, we recently did, uh, an immersion trip in Lisbon, Portugal. I feel like if I'm looking at the map, those are probably equally, they're probably equidistant. Sure. Sure. I still haven't been to Alaska, so I'm jealous. Oh, it's like amazing. one of the last states I've got left to see Yeah, in our lovely country. Can't but wait to get back there. Yeah. How yeah. long were you guys there for? Um, just about a week, I think, um, which did not feel like enough. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That, the, what time? Recently? Like this um, time of this year? was two years ago, I believe. But yeah, that, that drive back to Anchorage to go to the airport was like, like, tangibly or what's the word I'm looking for I, I like felt sad with my whole body I like really wanted more time yeah in, in that great nature scene I, I think I, if I if I had been invited to go on a tour would happily go but also have sort of left that as the last frontier of like I'd like to go experience like you're saying like how much time can I give myself here it seems yeah. like it's such a you got to go see glaciers you got to go in a small airplane which seems terrifying also gotta do it yeah yeah um and then all right well then on the contrasting side portugal yeah um unbelievable um it's the the innovative giving experience this was uh i think the third or fourth year that they did one of these trips but uh it's 
it's a, a small, it's like, I think maybe 70 folks or so mm-hmm. by, you know, I say a ticket, but it's really hard to describe this experience, which is, it says it all. Um, it's uh, over a week long and it's a gathering of maybe 15 artists or so. And the schedule all day, you're like, you're like going to see this gathering of players in, um, in a library. You're going to see this gathering of players like in a cathedral. You're going to see this gathering of players at night at a club on the water. Like, and it's, you're, you're exploring um, the town you're visiting and the artists are just collaborating um, in and out day after day. And it's also a nonprofit for, um, for local, local events. And it changes every year. This upcoming year is in Prague. Um, it's just a really beautiful experience, but Fruition got to do the one in Lisbon. That, and I mean, that all sounds un- is it, is unbelievable. It traditional, like more bluegrass or Americana ish, or like just string instruments, or is it a mixture of everything? It's a mixture. It's not strictly um, stringy. Right. Um, um, though, like Anders and Paul Hoffman have done it every year from Green Sky Bluegrass. There's a strong, uh, like, kind of West Coast San Francisco jammy rocky scene there okay. some of the alo folks um yeah once in a lifetime opportunity that, yeah, that was sounds, unbelievable it's called ige check it out cool yeah i was i, I missed it the first time great yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna look at that too yeah I, and and for real like getting to speak with so many different people like in a kind of straight traditional touring sense that's a completely different thing than i've ever heard of or experienced and that sounds like a different type of person is after that yeah to go experience that but like to go to you know if you were somebody traveling from the states to go to that like traveling abroad seeing a really rad country and also now being immersed in days of music completely immersed and that's the thing you're all you're all staying at the same hotel and it's like just your group and you're all rubbing elbows with you're you're eating dinner with the musicians you know you're having like wine hour like day after day after day you're you're all in this trip together and you're all exploring the world together. That's, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, that's cool. From just like a humanistic standpoint, that's such a, sounds like a great, and what, where did you say this year? Uh, the upcoming one is in Prague. That's cool too. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, definitely. Everybody listening, look into that too, if you're looking for like a more unique way to go see and hear music. For sure. Um, so now the furthest points you've been <laughs> in traveling, especially to a place like Portugal or over to Europe, um, what is a touring essential of yours, like a number one touring essential? So we always sort of exclude instruments if you're a musician, sure. uh, computer and phone, because that's just, yeah. what's the thing you have to, when you're traveling, you know, or multiple things, but what's your number one sort of thing you carry as you travel across the country and the world? Cool. Um, I'm going to include, a. Well, let's see. I, I I'd have to say like a Pilot G two pin is a, is an essential. That's just like the way that ink flows. Mm-hmm. It's just like I gotta pens. have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I think of something else, I'll say. But so well, that- considering my back hurts right now from uh, <laughs> from sitting in a van for three and a half weeks, uh, also uh, any form of like icy hot or like uh, I use this stuff called China gel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a- absolutely an essential. <laughs> Is that Some more, mus- muscle rub. Mm-hmm. Is that more of like a natural 
the one you China whatever you just said is it like more of like a natural version versus an icy hot. Yeah, it's yeah. like Chinese herbs, uh, but it's doing the same thing. Yeah, just soothing. yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> a Pilot G two and some muscle rub. Let's go. <laughs> is the Pilot G two because you're writing? Like, are you are you documenting either journaling or writing music? Like, what's your yeah. normal use for the Pilot G two? That's it. Yeah. yeah, all of the above, and you know, yeah, journaling, writing. Like, it it varies how much I'm actually writing songs or poems or anything on the road but definitely I try to stay disciplined in at least journaling just I was inspired by my friend Sidney Nash he uh, he keeps a, a he calls it his captain's log and it's just like life just goes by so fast that you can kind of forget all of the dope shit you've been doing um and you know I try to keep a captain's log that's just I like that that's just like the cold hard facts of the day mm-hmm. but then flipping back on those you really see what your life was all about that's sort of what this is a verbal version of that for me yeah that's what i feel like and at, um it's so funny you know hearing hearing people that i know be like thank you for doing this this is great but the most important person that gave me some feedback is my own mother so if you're listening hi mom and she said i told you forever to write everything down you were going to write a book someday i was like that's your dream your yeah. dream was to write a book my dream is to talk with people and hear interesting stories and perfect what a great way to pass on like these experiences we've all had and everyone and i was trying to say this for like everyone's had a different experience we all do this thing this singular sort of thing but everybody's path to it experience around it and then just view of the world of it are totally different so like me getting to ask people these questions and hear different answers every time and sort of a different story is it's like my favorite thing so beautiful thanks for being here but yeah but also that's that's sort of like why i want to know what what are people traveling with like what's important to them so captain's log yeah two pen yeah muscle rub (laughs) (laughs) it's really essential when you're touring like we are Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so as van and trailer yeah most of the time in the states Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, uh it it's taxing. It's still working for now. You know, it's, it was definitely much easier on a on a mid twenties mm-hmm. year old's body. But can, uh those re- were those were years ago, weren't I can, they? <laughs> I can relate to that one hundred percent. Um also r- relating to what you just said, what advice um would you offer yourself sort of five years ago in wanting to do this and then 10 years like i guess 10 years ago wanting to do this as a career you know be a professional musician or whatever like to be able to tour and record records and have somebody support that and have fans where what would you say to yourself sort of five years ago and 10 years ago in, in terms of like you're doing it right you're not what what you know like if you were sort of down like yeah. don't be down etc that's a good that's a good question um, it might sound a little hokey, but I mean it. I think I would try to convey to myself to really be present. It's so easy when you're on an upward trajectory to like always be looking forward and be making plans and feel like it gets to where like all of the cool stuff you're doing, you feel like you're just like kind of checking a box as you like go to achieve more and more and more and what's next and what's next. And then you, as that slows down, you start to realize that you weren't really even soaking up the feeling of the cool shit you were checking the boxes of. So it sounds hokey, but but I mean it deeply to be present. Also, you know, as my body gets older and I can't party like I used to, I would definitely 
say party on <laughs> while you can, kid, because <laughs> I'm uh, getting to where I can't like I used to. That's for sure. So yeah, soak it up, soak it up, us. dude. Yeah. I, I think I'll say. I feel like I said maybe this off mic. Like the to hear people's answers for the first question of like, what do you travel with? It's, everybody's had a different answer. On yeah. this question, though. A lot of people, it's it's there's a there's a there's a thread somewhere, but most people have said like, yeah, when I look back, I wish I was enjoying it more, or yeah. being present in it, or just not as stressed out about these things. That looking back, I didn't need to be stressed out about it. Also, I'm I'm trying to live like that in general right For now. For sure, be present more with my friends and family, and it's hard as there's a million things coming at us just in the world and society we live in. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Taking that question and thought to a level um, and being present, what are sort of your favorite day off things, rituals? Like, what do you, what, what, what's a great day off look like to you? Like being present and getting a minute to take a break from the playing side and just have a day or a travel day. Like, what does that look like? Or what's your favorite version of that? Walking, just aimlessly walking. You know, if the weather's good in, insert city or town here Mm -hmm. just like getting a real feel for a local neighborhood like just taking a walk with my headphones and finding finding the funkiest coffee shop and that's like it sounds so simple but it's like so vast in uh soaking up experience um yeah just a local walk it means the world to me to get to do that i for me that's a pretty normal and I'll find myself in places that, or I, you know, you look for something that you're interested in the area, and then you find so much more. Yeah. So totally, and you know, um, I'm sure it's true for anyone you've asked this question to. Like the the clear answers of like, what are you putting in as your destination? It's going to be like a coffee shop and a local music shop. Mm-hmm. Just start there record, and record store. Record store. Yeah. See what you find. Yeah. You know, or or little little vintage shops too, like little, especially if you're in like some like funky like some like small town America shit. Like going thrifting is amazing. It's like because we've lived in like very um, young hot cities. Yeah. Not think of better words for that. Hey, like a Nashville and a Portland, like. It's sort of been done. Everybody's got their thing in that in a, a vintage space or whatever. But when you you get in these little towns, you're like, "How is this still here? Like, yeah. how is this thing that like I want so badly?" And it's two dollars. This yeah. would be a forty eight dollar. You know, it's, I love it. like yeah, finding like little spots. Like I'm not a vintage pro, but I like going through and seeing like, wh- okay, we're in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, but yeah. how is this rad? It's And it's well curated and young people working in it. And it's like... Yeah. It, yeah. In the Southeast, especially the like flea markets, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. It's a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, two questions now I'll ask because I we're, we're drinking coffee. Mimi yeah. was so... Mimi came in and I said, do you want some coffee? She said, I'd really like some more coffee. And I said... This is my thing. Yes. I love love making coffee for people. Um, What is your, in Portland, since you were there for a very long time, what's your spot in Portland? Without giving away, feeling like if it's like a secret spot, but like, do you have a coffee shop that was like your favorite or the spot? I certainly do. (laughs) Um, And it's a coffee cart and it's the greatest place in town. It's called Kind Coffee. Okay. Shout out to Francesca over there. Um, It's like... 
the best coffee and and great breakfast sandwiches and the best cannoli in town. She's a she's an Italian New Yorker. She knows what she's doing. I love this. Um, All of these things you're saying. But it's 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 a community hub too. They're like blasting fun music and just it's just a it's a gathering space. It's a safe space and a fun space. Cool. So shout out to Kind Coffee. Love that. Yeah. So when you say cart, like mobile, or it's like in a it it, it could be, but it's in sort it of it could a be set mobile, spot. but it's in yeah, it's in a if like a food cart pod over in southeast yeah. Portland off Belmont. Cool. Well, that's yeah. on my list next time I go for sure because that Hell stuff yeah. that's like my other side of hobby slash interest and. In, ideas and seeing like i feel like the portland culture of all that like is that part of like the mobility or like the accessibility part is the the, the kind of coolest thing up there yeah um and then where are you drinking coffee here in nashville so far i don't know yet i mean it's like i know i know bongo's there and uh i don't really have my spot yet but honestly, I'm just so happy to have gotten into this lovely, beautiful house that I'm drinking <laughs> my coffee at home. And uh, as the weather gets better, I'm I'm drinking it on my on my swing on my porch, man. Mm-hmm. That's really where it's at. That's what. I, okay, so the, where I live now, I don't have that. But the house that I lived in when I first moved here, that was my jam in the oh. morning. Sitting on the we had a we had a porch swing. So like, oh, it's the best. Make a cup of coffee in April. That's like the yeah. that's when you'll start to catch like the perfect. Oh, I can't perfect outside weather um you do you guys do have a bunch more touring coming up into sort of late spring summer we do what are i I see some kind of big like you're gonna you're playing in squaw valley yeah winter wondergrass festival yeah that sounds we've we've We've, uh, we're family. We've done a ton, almost, almost every single festival. Is there still at that time of year, are they like coming off ski season there? Or they're is it, still skiing. They're still skiing. Oh like yeah. Hardcore skiing. Oh yeah. Awesome. But it's like, it's a little bit warmer mm-hmm. than like, uh, there's a same, same festival, um, uh, but a Steamboat Springs, Colorado version, you know, that's at the end of February. So it's deep cold snowy but the the squaw version is a little little bit warmer a little bit more blue skies but yeah they're still they're still shredding cool yeah Uh, and so you've done that you guys have done that multiple years we have yeah awesome for sure it's a blast yeah is it just like everybody's there to have a lot of skiing all day having fun coming to hear great music or is it is that an all day like or is it yeah so i i don't know how these folks do it like get up and shred at like 8 a.m yeah and then go till like two or three and then the music starts and then there's late night shows too Uh, but uh for for those go-getters it's a dream party Cool. And yeah. then, yeah, see, you're, you're sort of in that zone of the world end of March into April, like, you know, Utah, Wyoming, Montana. Um, I'm jealous. You're going to Bozeman. That sounds like that'll probably be like a fun, especially that time of year. It's yeah. getting warmer. And- we, we have some, we have some deep history in Montana being, being from Portland, um, venturing out to California and Montana was and Washington, you know, the whole Northwest mm-hmm. vibe. Um, yeah, we go, ba- we go back with those rowdy folks out there. It's a good time. Um, anything you're, you're really looking forward to in terms of coming months and places to go? Like the, it seems like a lot of like, you're going to do some Southeast stuff here coming yeah. up and then on out to the Northwest again. Are there, are there certain parts of the States that you're like, 
you know, in, in what we just talked about, like routine and like getting to drink coffee and tr- walk away and travel for a second in a day. Like, is there, are there certain cities? And I always say this, like unbiased to fans, et cetera, just more like, like places that you love to experience, especially here in the States. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm excited to play Nashville now that I live here. It's going to be fun to like, be like, and do you guys want to come over to my house now? <laughs> you know? Um, and then I'm really excited to, um, do that California run again. It's like the, our roots, our roots were so, so strong there, um, coming up, getting started. Um, and then it seems like we like, haven't played like the Bay area or LA as much mm-hmm. uh, for a few years there. And so we're getting more regular there. I mean, I just love, I love going to San Francisco, you know, That's one of my I favorite. love getting a burrito in the mission with yes. like 18 green sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where else am I going? Uh, I think we're doing... Oh, um, Kansas City is a spot I love to stop. There's, my favorite jazz club is there. Um, what is that? The Green Lady. Okay. Yeah, that's all I can think of right now. Kansas City, Missouri, just to be clear, after the whole fiasco <laughs> of our amazing president not knowing geography. Correct. Correct. Mm. It is in Kansas City, Missouri. Missouri. Also, I hope that I get to stop at, I don't know if you watch Queer Eye or if you've watched any Queer Eye episodes. Sure. But they did a whole season in Kansas City. Okay. Joan's Sisters Barbecue. I really hope I can get out there. Yeah. That also, like another sort of like wildly growing young people have either returned or moved and great record store there is it Josie because I think I have a sticker over there but yeah that one's really cool if you're ever in Kansas City or you Kansas City folks I love it it's well curated well maintained it's it's crazy to see in a a 2020 world you know these places that have now they seem like they're seeing life yeah um good yeah (laughs) yeah uh, uh, at this point, I just want to bring up again, you guys have two records that have just come out. One yeah. is Wild as the Night and the other one is Broken at the Break of Day. Yeah. Sort of a um, co-op, co-opting of records, things that go together. Um, what, do you, what do you, if you could tell people to like check it out, what, give me a mixture of songs from both that you think they should check out, listen to. Oh, dang. Okay. I mean, honestly, I would just do track one and two of both of them. Okay. That's a safe bet. You know, I just, I love this. I love this music that we've made. It's hard for me to really pick the tracks, but, you know, we chose the order for a reason. So if you're just dabbling, just push play. Cool. <laughs> um, I guess at this point, anything else, where, where can everybody sort of find you if they're looking for you on the internet and then the band and then anything else you'd want to kind of plug, et cetera, at sure. this point? Um, you can find all of the Fruition information at fruitionband.com. Um, I, I don't really market my own solo situation uh, very well because I'm still figuring out, um, I don't have like a project I'm particularly chasing but you can follow my mishaps and misadventures Mm -hmm. at Mimi Naja on Instagram if you so desire would you spell that for everybody just so they can find you yeah it's M-I-M-I-N-A-J-A 
yeah, that's it. Just come to a fruition show sometime. <laughs> cool. And um, as always, it's just never sure when this is totally going to be out. But there's fruition has a bunch of dates that I can see at least until this point through April. And I think there's some summer festival stuff that's probably on the books somewhere. Yeah. But um, again, uh, was it fruition band? Dot com. Dot that com. is correct. Check that out for future dates, et cetera. But yeah, and go check out uh, Broken at the Break of Day and then Wild as the Night. Those are the two sort of supporting records that they've just put out in November and January. Yeah. And Mimi, thanks so much. Thank for you. This was really fun. Yeah, and cool. I'm glad to know we're neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to hang out and drink coffee more. I love it. Cool. Thanks. Thanks so much to Mimi for joining us on this episode. She's been doing a lot of cool stuff on her social media. Her handles will be linked on our Instagram, so make sure you check that out. And this was my final pre-quarantine recorded episode. From here on out, it's Zoom chats and video calls. So come back and check out the future quarantine episodes. If you're not already, come follow us on Instagram at notesfromtheroadpod. And please, 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 Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Notes from the Road is produced by Isaac Burkhart and Andrew Cook, with music courtesy of the band Speakers. I'm your host, Evan Peary, and until next time, see ya.